guys. Welcome to... <laughs> You're going to cut that out. We're back at it again with You're the white fans. <laughs> no, this is... This is it, man. Oh, you're mean. Welcome to the channel with Chastity and Brian. Glad to have the audience of lifelong enthusiasts. Welcome to our channel. I'm Chastity and this is my co-host, Brian. So, Brian doesn't actually know what we're talking about. Today, no. Which is kind of funny, but it just made it more interesting for me because he can always get me and I never get him. Until today. Until today. But it's not that big of a deal. So we were requested, and I don't know if Brian will remember, we were requested on Facebook to talk about how to help your picky eaters eat. Picky eaters pay? Oh. If you remember, a while back we were asked about kids yes. who are picky eaters and what do you do? So I have like done some work on some different ideas, and Brian doesn't have a child yet, but he'll be in this whole picky eater thing mm-hmm. in about, you know, 18 months. I'm certain of it. I'm so, expecting so it. So we may as well yes. talk about it, and, and then you're sure. going to know which way to go on this. So I have three daughters, so I have done the whole realm of picky eaters. We've done the, you know, child that only ate um, fried eggs on toast. We've mm. done a child that only would eat rice and bacon. We had a child that decided she was Jewish, so she wouldn't eat pork. Mm. You know, we've gone through the gamut Everything. of picky eaters. So. <laughs> kosher is pretty extreme. I know, but she was like four. Okay. She was like, okay, mom, I'm kosher and Jewish. And I was like, okay, how do you even know to say that? It's fascinating how absorbent children are. So she clearly heard it somewhere. It's fast, probably TV. Obviously. Yeah. But she, there was no... So she still barely eats bacon to this day, mm-hmm. but she wouldn't eat pork chops. She wouldn't eat bacon. She would then question, what kind of animal was this meat from? I think there's also halal as an option. I don't know. Which is the Middle Eastern uh, equivalent. Yeah, but when you don't know these things, that's not your culture. And your child determines it's going to be. It's an opportunity to learn about them where they came from. And that's what I did. That's what I did. So kind of like the first thing is um, remember that to respect your child's appetite or lack of appetite. So I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up where it's like eat everything on your plate. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the number one no-no. Because first of all, you're teaching, say you have a child who doesn't have a big appetite, mm-hmm. you're teaching them to overeat. Mm-hmm. So you take a one or two year old and you're forcing them to eat all that food. You have just like instilled the overeating, which could then later lead to obesity or other kind of dietary issues. So that's kind of the... Even uh, distorting how... Uh, meal time is perceived at an early age. Right, like as a negative thing. Mm. The other thing is, you know, start with small portions. Allow, mm. if you, you know, and with the girls, what I would do is like kind of like cut up a bunch of different things, really keeping the plate colorful mm. and really small pieces. So say they did have a piece of beef, okay. it would be that much cut up into like 20 little pieces. Okay. But then there's like the carrots or whatever else they like. So that they can pick at it. Right. So the next one is sticking to a routine. Um, my sister has has trouble with this and her kids are snackers. Mm-hmm. So they're constantly getting a snack. So then 
supper is served and she serves supper. They come to my house for supper and they won't eat. Mm. But they have had like 50 snacks prior to that. So stick to a routine. You know, if your kid does breakfast at 7, do some kind of healthy snack at 10, lunch at noon, snack at 3, dinner at 5. Or, you know what I mean? Whatever schedule works for you, but stick to it. Because it's really important. And we have been talking about it. Like, I have some bad eating habits myself. Yeah, so do I. That and that's a problem, right? For I sure. don't stick to the routine. It's like I focus on like, well, I'm going to eat dinner. So, so this is kind of like an opportunity to to build that routine, right? If you like build this into gate. your child now, yeah, then you're building the healthy thing. Oh. The other one that I would really suggest and recommend is um, not introducing a lot of uh, beverages to your child. So, um, my kids drink water. Mm. You know, aside from when they're really little and they need milk or formula or they're breastfed, whatever it might be, then moving away from, you know, juices, not introducing the pops and all of that, have a water with the meal. So it really changes things. And I notice that my kids will go to that first and Mm. I see their friends who are like, do you have any juice? But then you have the the juice sits on their teeth and it becomes... Honestly, knowing how much is in juice... It's just well, and then the whoa. dentist appointment, and if you don't have coverage, the bills. Like I mean, it's like this <laughs> circle, meant. right? It's a circle. Yeah. So that's true. Um, and don't let them fill up with juice or milk. So when they eat dinner or their snack, give them their snack, then give them water at the end of it. So they're not full on this glass of milk, and now they can't eat the food. Right. So that's kind of you know really important because it's. So balance in that as well. So you got to, what, what is the right amount? Do you just kind of hunt and peck where you find the proportions are? Right. And you just, well, you got to remember, you know, if you're feeding yourself those um, portions, you can look at the Canada food guide that gives you mm-hmm. por- portion suggestions, but they are little, like their stomachs are little. Right. So that's the key. Like, you know, like a the tablespoon of, of that. meat. A tablespoon. A tablespoon of meat is lots (laughs) of meat, right? And really, you want to keep the vegetables and the fruit half of their meal. Because you are then introducing the healthy things later. So then, you know, you're my age and you're like trying to eat less carbs, but... You grew up eating carbs, so... In, In my mind, my strategy is if you have a picky eater then reduce the amount of choices. It's like... Um, well, I don't know. I, I always think like giving... The the key is like feed them what they like. So Jules went through a thing and literally she would only eat toast and eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, and fruit. That's what she would eat. But it didn't stop me from introducing it. And that's the next thing I was going to say is when you're introducing new food, mm-hmm. keep introducing it. You know, um, try... Like, oh, just taste it today. And maybe they don't taste it today. But next week you serve whatever, butternut squash, and they taste it, and then they're like, they don't like it. And then a month later, it's like, oh, I like this. So this this is true in adulthood. I did this with, with pumpkin pie uh, just a couple of years ago. For the longest time, I didn't, I couldn't eat pumpkin pie. But because I'd see some, so many people in and around me uh, really, really loving it, and I was like, I want to be in on this. I like, be on the pumpkin my, pie my, my taste buds are kind of letting me down right now, and I would 
continue to try it no matter right. what. I was just like, I really want to love this. I and do. And then eventually you do. And at one point, it literally just was like, hey, we good. So that's the thing, right? Is And de- depending on what food you cook, like you might cook a different type of food based on your culture. And they might not like it at the beginning. That's okay. You know, for a while, literally, Hadley was rice and corn and fruit. Mm-hmm. That's because it wasn't worth the fight. But then as soon as she started to see, and I would let them, you can have one bite. You don't have to eat it. But if they're going to be forced to eat something they Mm -hmm. don't like, then they're going to be less likely to say, yeah, I'll try it. So in your experience, how long did that take the introduction process? Sometimes it takes like a few months. Okay. So So, but now all of my kids, Mm -hmm. they asked for roasted sweet potatoes. How could you not? It's amazing. But I mean, (laughs) there wasn't that long, long ago. And then they will have friends over and they're like, what are you guys eating? Like the kids are not sure because they don't get it. And the next one is not being a short order cook. What is for dinner is for dinner. If they choose not to eat. I agree with this. Let them go to bed. This this is your option. You know, and I I, I I am to blame for that sometimes because I do give options because I know Jules will eat toast and eggs. So, I will make that. Or I do, if we do fried rice, I'll leave plain rice out because she would prefer it plain without Mm -hmm. all the things. So I do it in some ways, but then eventually she does hook on and eat the fried rice with all the stuff in it. Or then I'll make something and they are in love with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of a weird thing or whatever. They really like the summer rolls with the rice paper and the noodles inside and the shrimp. Oh, yes. So, but for a child, it doesn't seem like a normal thing, but I ate it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. So then they were like, can we try that? Of course you can. And it's like, yeah, sure. Try it. Double down. Uh, The next one is like make food kind of fun. So if your kids aren't sure about trying something, you know, put the vegetable with a dip they really enjoy. Uh, Cut whatever it is into different shapes. Put the nutritional yeast into the macaroni. Right. You'll see these little changes Mm. and it's, and it's not a big deal, but the next item is honestly is the number one recruit your child, recruit them, involve them in the grocery store. What vegetable should we try? Because they are going to pick based on what looks visually appealing to them. Um, involve them in cutting, involve them. If they're too little, involve them in washing it. That's, that's, that's like a, it's a even true, like in a psychological element, you, you, you want to be responsible for the decision-making process to feel part of the whole thing. And yeah, you're you're more likely to want to try it. So one example that I did is one of my kids had friends over and I put out a ton of toppings for pizza. Mm -hmm. And when I say a ton, like tomatoes, olives, zucchini slices, like everything you could think of. So then they spinach. So these kids make their pizzas and I'm watching because I'm like, yeah, they don't need that stuff. But because they made it, they put it in the oven. They ate it. So when the parents picked them up and I was like, oh, yeah, they made pizza. Here's the leftover piece. And they're like, my kid made this because it had like shrimp and spinach and mushrooms. and right. red So it's fun. And I was like, well, yeah, but they got we put to it pick. together. And- so that's huge. If you can recruit them, involve them in the prep, involve them in the decision making mm. process. I mean, don't overload them. But if you're trying to, you know, like, oh, should we make sweet potatoes today or should we have butternut squash today? Like, 
ooh, that really changes things. Yeah. Because now they get to be involved. 100%. And then, you know, another one is setting the example. If you eat pop potato chips, hot dogs, or freezer meals, and that's what you eat on a daily basis, that's what they're going to eat. Yeah. Right? That (laughs) is what they're going to eat. So if you don't sit down with a veggie tray or you don't make salads at dinner... It's it's a long way out of that, too, because the... uh and I'll say it this way, the chemicals that are added to these types of foods absolutely um, make you want that. Like, right, this ultra process, and they make you crave it. And and you can't imagine food any other way. No, because it's, and that, you know, or they put them on sodium glutamate, so you think you love it, and then for me, I'll eat it because I, like, want it so bad, but, but then I'm sick. One step further, they'll even make the, the labels so shiny, and then they reduce the price to nothing. Right, and so that's the thing. Obviously, you and you'll see it, if you can grocery shop around the outside of the aisles, that's the best way to do it. Don't go down the middle aisles. Avoid them. Don't even look, you know, because then you're getting the produce, the dairy, the vegetables, the mm-hmm. fruit. That's where the good food is. Um, but it's true. The the crappy food is cheaper. So, I mean, it's a big deal if you can. It's a worthwhile investment. Uh, Melinda and I have had this conversation many times since, like, okay, we're not comfortable paying these prices but we do anyways because we know it's an investment in our health at the right, same time. because that's the, really the key. Um, and I think you've seen it more. I think the medical world doing mm. it more now because they're looking at trying to ca- curb costs that are going to happen later, getting people healthier, right. trying to get them to quit smoking, whatever it might be. But it's the same thing. If you eat healthy you know, in your 20s, your 30s, and your 40s, you're probably going to be a lot healthier in your 50s mm-hmm. if you don't. There is going to be consequences. So that's the big one. If you're not setting that example for your child, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to have... The world's going to influence that decision and make it for them. Right. It's going to be the cheap option with a bunch of crap in it for sure. Right. And then kind of the... Another one I have, and we did talk about this previously, Mm. is being creative. So like you just said with the nutritional yeast... You can also, you know, take a tomato sauce or a marinara sauce and you can grate in zucchini, you can grate in onion, you can grate in celery. You can put beets in your hummus. Yeah, really make everything fine so you can't see it. You can put pickles in your shoes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true, you can change the food so, so they don't really know it's there. So now I don't. I don't really cut down my food anymore. There's like the odd items they don't like. They don't like one kid doesn't like mm-hmm. mushrooms. So I leave them big so they can pick them out. But I mean, if you invest in a food processor and chop everything finely, they're getting the nutrients. And and, and literally none the wiser. They're none the wiser. So yeah. if you really have that much trouble. Grind it up. Grind it up. And, <laughs> you know, do what you can. I, l- I like to believe that this is my strategy uh, for the infant and like. As soon as practically possible, I'm going to grind whatever we eat. That's what we did. And so we, I know a lot of people, you know, like do special things and make special baby food. We blended what I what I cook. That's what that's what I was raised on, and I so I think it's a brilliant idea. It makes sense, right? And my girls it did eat a lot of fruit, a lot of vegetables, and I mean you'll see it now if. If you put that kind of stuff out on the counter, that's what goes first. It's gone. Even over treats. It's it's probably the best 
thing you could have ever ingrained at such a young age. Right? It became so important. So then I kind of got only two other ones. Uh, One is minimize the distractions. So this is something that's Mm. a big deal at my house. Dinner time is dinner time. We sit down at the table. We don't bring our cell phones. We talk about our day. We talk about food or what we might eat tomorrow, and we eat. So we're not distracted with a TV show. We're not distracted mm-hmm. running around with friends. It's really a time of communication and eating. So if the kids know that they can be on a game or they can run out and play and then come mm-hmm. back, they're not going to sit down and eat. Right. Or eat on their terms. It's like you're giving them the power to the, call right? the shots. And so this this is a big deal in my house. And, you know, just the other day, my niece was like, I don't like this rule. And I was like, well, if you want to eat supper here, this is the way we roll. And and there's no questions from my kids because they know, mm-hmm. like, no, no, we actually have to sit down and eat. That's not negotiable. And it's a big deal. And then the last one is do not bribe your children with sweets or dessert mm. because you're creating an unhealthy relationship to that food item. Right. So in general, desserts aren't good for you. I'm not saying don't eat them. I love dessert myself. Mm-hmm. But in general, you're just now creating this relationship that's negative. It's just even even if you take food out of it and said it was like money or something, it's like it's still an unhealthy way to have an interaction with somebody. Right. And then you're like, forcing them to eat more than they want to eat. Right. So they're overeating or they have a negative... Carrot at the end of the stick kind of thing. Yeah. And- so those are kind of like my kind of 10 suggestions. No, that's that's pretty fantastic, and eat. couldn't you have come at a better time too? Because I'm about to bring a child into and, this world. And, and when I say picky eaters, I really something's happening. When I say picky eaters, I really mean um, any eater, because you could have a spouse, a partner, a friend that lives with you, and they won't eat things. But the more you introduce it, later they will. We had adult cousins live with us when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and. At first, there would be like a ring around the plate of vegetables they picked out. By the time they moved out, the, the ring was gone. <laughs> That's interesting. And they were like in yeah. their 20s. Wow. So, I mean. These, they go throughout your life that way. Right? Like, so, these work. I mean, they work with adults. They work oh, with yeah. kids. I'm, 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 I'm totally embracing this. There you go. Next chapter of life. See? And so hopefully this answers any questions you might have about picky eaters. It did for me. um, And it helps the person out who was asking about the picky eaters. Mm -hmm. But if you are watching this uh, right now, if this episode, if you can like, subscribe, you know, hit the little ding ding bell so you get notifications. Ding bell. (laughs) The ding bell. (laughs) You got pickles in your shoes? (laughs) And even give us a comment. Give us some feedback. Have you tried any of these things? What's your favorite tip? You know, yeah, and we love to get more knowledge out to people and share. Oh, especially just the the that community of information. Right, it takes a village to raise a child. You got it. So, thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time.